We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com chargers. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. Uh, my name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. It is Family Trust Respect Week for the Chargers. Excited to dive into all of the uh, good stuff for Chargers Raiders Week. Uh, joining me to do that is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I don't know about trust and respect for most Raiders fans, but it is, it is about family this week for me, at least. My mom sure. and dad will be going to the game, and... Uh, you know, but we'll see who goes home a sad person. <laughs> Hopefully your dad. No shade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do hope my dad is sad this weekend, honestly. Well, I, I'm more of invested, you know, hours wise and financially in the Chargers yeah. winning. So, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I work with a bunch of Raiders fans. You know, Fresno is the Raiders town. It still is the, mm -hmm. the local team here. Um, and I it's. It's a, a lot of negative vibes in Raiderville up here, at least. I don't know how it's going to be this week. I I was on a, a podcast for one of the Raiders podcasts this week, and I was like, hey, all of you guys listening, just stay home. You guys all hate Josh McDaniels that much. Just stay home. Yes. You don't need to go to the game protest. Yeah, protest. Yeah. This is the well, game that you should protest. Don't go. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they've been protesting at their own home stadium. It's, it's just the, the <laughs> L.A. stadium and the California stadiums that they take over. I mean, I, I've seen full Raiders stadiums for, or Chargers stadiums at Qualcomm, but with, you know, against the Raiders with like Terrell Pryor at quarterback. I mean, it doesn't matter. They find a way to fill that stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think I saw uh, they're projecting, at least Vivid Seats is projecting like 60% Raiders fans. So, uh, Chargers fans, if you're listening, go to the game, use Ticketmaster uh, to go see the game. Shout out Ticketmaster. Mm -hmm. um, in all seriousness, should be a fun one. Chargers and Raiders games are always entertaining, 
even if both teams suck, even if one team is really good and the other team sucks, it's always a great game. It always has mm-hmm. a, a kind of that I was laughing this week when they asked Justin Herbert about like if he's <laughs> old enough to know about like the 80s and 90s of the rivalry. And he's like, well, I wasn't around then, but so no. <laughs> I, I kind of get that though. Like to a certain extent, that's how I feel. It happens like, you know, F the Raiders. I, I hate the Raiders. Some Some players, some fans hate the Raiders, but I'm like, when, as soon as they was able to actually speak and put words together, and ever since then, the Raiders have been awful. So, like, yeah. I don't really have this, like, oh, I hate the Raiders. They've just been terrible. I feel bad for the Raiders. I don't hate them. Yeah, I've said I've said on this before, the team that I grew up, like, hating in terms of the AFC West is the Broncos. Like, I, I have spent more of my life and more time arguing with Broncos fans than I have Raiders fans, and the Broncos were... You know, there's the whole like Rivers and Cutler dynamic. Um, obviously, the the Broncos got Peyton like right as the Chargers were kind of starting downhill. So I was like super annoyed at that aspect of it. So yeah, I've I've always disliked the Broncos more than I have the Raiders, just because the Raiders have been bad for most of my life. Yeah, it's I'd agree there. Yeah, and then more recently, just the Chiefs, and I I, I hate them. But I don't. It's like, how am I supposed to dislike Andy Reid? You know, like, what do I do with that? I like them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's dive into this game. Uh, first and foremost, we do have to discuss a very lengthy injury report for the Chargers this week. Raiders also going through it a little bit. Um, so I guess it's probably a pretty good, pretty good season to have an early buy. Obviously, we did talk about the Mike Williams injury and that impact on Wednesday's show on the Chargers channel. Um, but, you know, this is a this is a big injury report, man. It, it feels like end of the season injury report and it's week four. So a um, lot to get into here. Um, Joey Bosa has not practiced. That is, you know, kind of continuing the trend. It, it sounds like that's going to be the same kind of uh, snap count situation until after the bye week. Um, and a little bit of an illness thing going around the team again with Gerald Everett and Corey Lindsley both dealing with that. Uh, um, Brandon Sadie said they are not related, um, but they are both sick and have not practiced. So something to monitor there, Tyler. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm super curious about in general is like, how much more does this team use 12 personnel without Mike Williams? Um, mm. Tej uh, from Sumer Sports, a good friend of the show, uh, sent me a link of the, the 12 personnel usage. And the Chargers are actually at the fourth highest uh, rate in the league right now. Um, they're second in the league in EPA per play out of 12 personnel. So they've been wow. using a lot and been very effective out of it, um, which makes sense. You're getting a lot of efficiency right now out of Gerald Everett and Donald Parham. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am curious if that goes up without Mike Williams as, as kind of a way to to mitigate that damage. Great question. My follow-up would be, is Gerald Everett healthy? Yeah, right. <laughs> are, are we op- he's you know it's an illness thing, but are we operating the fall personnel with Donald Parham and Trey McKitty or Stone Smart? Um yes, they need to stop eating at whatever restaurant <laughs> they've been going to. I think Corey's had it three times, at least twice. At least twice. At least twice yeah. for sure. Yeah, he had a bad, bad one last year. What did he officially have? It was like he had some nasty fever or something. Yeah, he was like hospitalized with it. That's right. Jeez. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Corey, yeah. Stop going to Mastro's in Newport or whatever you guys are doing <laughs> for, for team meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Rough one. I am very curious to see what I mean. We'll talk about all the different things they could do with Mike out. But yeah, I, I could see them leaning into that. I didn't realize that they had run it so often. Like to me, there are moments for sure. Like I think Donald Parham's touchdown or one of them, the second one. All four tight ends were on the field, which yeah. is cool. Like, I love that they can just lean into that. And it worked. So, curious what they'll do there. But I am surprised that 12 personnel was so high. Though their effectiveness makes sense. Like, yeah, one, because you know, Herbert and the offense is working. Two, if you throw it to Donald Parham, it's it's a touchdown, a first down. So, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And then Gerald Everett generates his own yards above expectation. So, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But with Everett out, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Everett's not out there, then you're not using 12 personnel all that much. I mean, they've it, it's been a way for them to create some explosives. I think like even when uh, they threw that uh, seam route to to Stone Smart, like that was a way for them to use that. And 
you know, they do kind of keep one in blocking sometimes from time to time too. So mm-hmm. um, if ever it's not out there, then you're not doing it as much, but you know, hopefully he's, he's okay. Hopefully Corey Lindsay is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the two chargers that have been injured have been limited in practice and that's Austin Eckler and Eric Kendricks. Uh, you know, I, I've been asked about like, who do I think is more likely? And, and I feel like traditionally, Brandon Staley prefers to have these guys log at least two full practices coming off of an injury, a multi-week injury like this. Um, what What's your vibe around Eckler and Kendricks playing this week? I think neither play, to be completely honest. Um, not that they shouldn't, but I just feel like with the buy coming up and with how important I think they think these guys are, I'll be honest, if it's the Chiefs, if it's the, let's say the Lions, if it's the Ravens, if it's anybody else, maybe those guys are forcing themselves out there. Sure. This Raiders team stinks. Like they are <laughs> god awful. And who knows what their quarterback situation is going to be this week. I don't know if this is the game you force your guys out there. You know, it, it would be about, you know, missing this game wouldn't be like out of the norm. I think it's right around what we'd sort of expect. Yes, they could play. I just don't see the, I get it. You're better with Eckler. You know, you're better with Eckler. I think you're better with Kendricks, but we've only seen, you know, 95% of one game. I just don't know if this is the game you force your guys out there, you know? So I I hope that they're smart enough with this. I think if either play, I think it would be Kendricks. But at the same time, I kind of like the vibe of what's going on with Kenneth Murray and, and to a certain extent, Nick Neiman. So of of course, like the long term plan is to have Eric Kendricks out there, but I I give it another week, see how it goes. See, I, I kind of think that maybe this is some somewhat to do with Austin Eckler being more vocal, but I kind of mm-hmm. lean more Eckler plays than than Kendricks would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these older players dealing with hamstring injuries, like it's it's a lot for them to get back in a short time, as we saw Keenan Allen last year come back a little bit too quickly. Um, Austin Eckler dealing with his ankle injury. It sounds like he's trying to at least get out there. You know, we haven't heard from Eric Kendricks, but um, I kind of lean more towards Eckler returning being more likely than Kendricks. I see. I agree with you with that part that he's more vocal. And so that would make more sense. At the same time, I think it's so much more difficult to replace him that you don't want to rush him. So I almost feel like he might want to be able to get there out more out there more and maybe he could get out there more but i almost feel like the team would go look dude we got the cowboys and the chiefs after the bye yeah let's not mess this up again like we really need you out there they're not winning that game if he's not out there i'm not picking them anyway but they're not they're not going to win that game with Eckler's not out there yeah especially i mean that cowboys defensive line is is disgusting like you need to have like a legitimate like check down option and and I don't think we've seen enough from Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Elijah Dotson, who apparently they call Dot, like just straight up Dot, according to Kellen Moore today, uh, which is new. Um, but I don't think we've seen anything from the three of them to kind of merit really any trust in the check down department as much as we would like to see them be able to play that. Yeah, no, but I'd love to see something this week. You know, I think it would be it'd be nice to see them. And Spiller, if he's out there more, Dotson, whoever it is, when they're not having eight guys in the box and they're not blitzing 50 million times in a game in a more, I would say, normal setting. But, yeah, we have not seen enough yet to feel really good about those guys. Yeah, I I see a couple of people pointing out in the chat, like, I'm not putting any any kind of stock in the Cowboys game, Cowboys-Cardinals game. Like, every single year, these teams just come out and lay an egg every once in a while. I mean, the Urban Meyer Jaguars beat the Bills that year, and the Bills made the AFC Championship, you know. So, like, it, it just kind of tends to happen and get weird at certain points throughout the season. Um, I, I don't think that anybody should really put any kind of stock in the Cardinals beating the Cowboys in terms of, like, being lower on the Cowboys, in terms of thinking they're not very good. Like, like they're, <laughs> that defense is, like, even without Trayvon Diggs, like, it still is very clearly the best defensive roster in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. They are, without Diggs is, is definitely a big one. And in that particular game, I think they were out three of their starting offensive linemen, which I could barely make it through a Charger season with one tackle missing, let alone three of the linemen. So, uh, 
yeah, hopefully, well, not hopefully, hopefully they're healthy, but you know. Yeah. Uh, interesting super chat here from uh, our guy, Richard. He said the Steelers invest mm. a, lo- a ton of money into hamstring research and prevention. I hope the Chargers are doing the same. Um, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I think like the investment in the training staff, like they revamped the entire group. Like everybody is different. So I don't know. Like, I don't think the Chargers and these hamstring injuries are related. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I, I don't know what my take is here regarding the training staff. I don't have much of one. We'll see. Uh, to me, it was, I mean, hamstrings, it stinks. I wonder, I don't know. I, I think it's more of the season-ending injuries that was more of our concern last season. So far, yeah. it's been better obviously so we'll see how that goes uh, and, and some guys are honestly just repeat on the list guys like joey oh he's hurt again wow Corlin's <laughs> like sick again wow they're sick again hmm you know so we'll, we'll see how everyone finishes the rest of the week um like guys like elohi goman i don't recall him being injured that often before but we'll see how this goes yeah he had the one quad injury but uh yeah let's uh let's get to those guys i think this is the biggest <laughs> Pressing need of the week, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Derwin James and Alohi Gillen both being on the injury report. Neither of them have practiced. I would be shocked if Derwin James plays at this point, um, given the way that it looked on the broadcast and how like instantly like he was wrapped up and, and just looked mm-hmm. at on the sideline. Um, so I, I don't think Derwin James is going to play in this game, which is, is always a shame because Derwin's one of the best players in the league. Um, Alohi Gilman, uh, Brandon Staley said about Alohi Gilman on Monday that it was just like some bumps and bruises. So maybe there's a chance that he could play, but he has not practiced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that's trending more towards like a game time decision at this point, but I have no real read on, on that situation. Yeah. The, I don't even know where this came from because he was literally out there on the final drive and i remember the play they didn't say anything about a post game it was like the next day where it was like he say they like brought it up out of nowhere like yeah alohi gillen starts like what when <laughs> yeah <laughs> and here we are um that does seem game time decision like you said with with derwin i don't see him playing alohi uh, again if we had seen him get up gingerly or anything yeah you can make some sort of assumption but he was just like oh, oh he's on the injury report so yeah, it could be game time decision. Um, you know, we talked about safety depth, and well, here we are. Uh, it's it's funny when you talk about certain positions where you might need some depth, and then for some reason, those are the ones that pop right. up on the injury report after a few weeks. That's a real bummer. Um, dang, I just ah, I can't imagine both the safeties being out. But here we are in week four, and <laughs> you know. It's a shame because like Alohi had a really good game. He did. And... He was awesome on tape too. Yeah. No. Totally. Okay. Everyone's saying it, so I might as well bring it up. Thank you very much, mom. I love you. <laughs> super sticker. Everyone's saying in the chat, so I got to bring it up. But yes, my yeah. mom is amazing, and she'll be with me at the game. A converted Chargers fan. I don't know if she's a converted, but she's now a Chargers fan. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I am. I'm concerned. Um, Again, th- this Raiders team has some issues, right? But like you, this is a game where you need safety help over the top of Devontae Adams. Heck, even Jacoby Myers is, is is a quality receiver. And if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, which we don't know, but if Jimmy plays, like he's going to give the safety some opportunities to make plays. Like that's just who he is. Like you need to have guys who can come down with those moments. And oh, by the way, like Josh Jacobs is probably due for a hundred yard game like any moment now <laughs> um yeah which is great because you know that of course is the chargers but you know you're gonna be potentially starting jt woods and raheem lane in this game and then aj finley or dean Marlowe is your sixth defensive back like that's dicey man it really is like it, it yeah. this is a game where this the lack of safety that could really cost them and uh you know it obviously very difficult to prepare for both starting safeties to be injured, but 
this is kind of what we were concerned about all all summer long. And and hopefully JT Woods and Raheem Lane are, are up for the task. But the thought of like AJ Finley, who barely played in the preseason as your safety three is that's tough. It, it's tough to be without there out there without these two guys. Yeah, the Chargers, as I did some math this morning, are on pace to allow 164 explosive plays <laughs> through 17 games, which is 30 more than the Houston Texans allowed last year as the league worst. Do I think that will continue for the Chargers? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can't even say no, you know, because you have these. So now you're facing, like you said, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jimmy G might be out there, which doesn't do a whole lot, but like it makes things more difficult. Sure. Um, Josh Jacobs, like the rushing attack has not worked for the Raiders. Uh, if you had asked me what his yardage total would be through three games after having 2000, whatever, like I didn't expect this, but they did look a little bit better last week against the Steelers. And again, like right before it happened, or maybe as it happened in the Vikings game, it's like, oh my gosh, the Vikings haven't had one rush over 10 yards. They had like three in a row. (laughs) Yeah, like on the same drive. They're like, oh, cool. They've quadrupled their output in four minutes. So I don't know, man. Like, again, I totally think the Chargers will win this game. Then the Raiders have some health issues as well. But man, like, (laughs) it's going to be a bit rough sledding for the defense this week without their two safeties, Uh, especially because... If anything else, the safeties have been at least fine to good or performing well to making some plays. It's the corners that have been an issue. Now the safeties are out. So yeah. it's oh, a bit man. dicey. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> this is funny to me that your dad still does a super chat, but only $1.99 because it's Raiders week. <laughs> 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 Nicely done. Nicely done. Thank you. My, for what it's worth, my dad bought the three tickets for us to all go. So yeah. Yeah. After all the fees on Ticketmaster or whatever StubHub, like you know, all you got is a buck ninety nine left after those darn fees. Yeah, uh, another one from Richard JC and JT trying to cover post by Devonte Adams. It's a little dicey for sure. <laughs> Do you want to talk about JC? Does anybody want to? Does anybody man. know what's going on with JC? Do they know what's going on? JC doesn't know what's going on with JC. Doesn't man. know. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> it's such a bizarre situation. I can't remember anything like this. Like. I, I think the Chargers probably came into this offseason with like a real plan for JC. And then he was like ready for week one of training camp, day one. He was like, I'm ready to go. He's on NFL Network. Like, I'm 100%. Like, let's go. To me, this whole thing about him like being benched, being a healthy scratch, all of this stuff, I think kind of stems back for me from the setback that he experienced that like the middle of august ish it was like the third week of training camp and then we didn't see him out there for a couple weeks and like i think this can kind of result back to that point and then just like being thrown out there against tyree kill and and being benched and like all this stuff like it's already so difficult to come back from an injury like this and then also have all of this other stuff so it's just I feel bad for him. Like I've said before, I think that the Chargers probably should have just like headed into the season and say, hey, like, we know you're cleared. Like, let's continue to practice and like work on some things. You're going to be healthy scratch, but like, don't worry. Like, we're going to have a plan for you to get back into things. Um, But just like take it easy and ramp up into it. I think them throwing him out there against the Dolphins and, and shadowing Tyree Kill was was probably a, a, a rough start to that ramp-up period for him. Like, didn't we just do this? Like, didn't we just do this last year? You know, with the whole, eh, he's good enough, get him out there and throw him out there for 100% of the snaps. Whoops, yeah. didn't work, bench, setback. Um, I don't think he has another bone in his foot, at least, so there's that. But this whole situation is so puzzling to me and you know i don't know if jc's trying to also kind of play the media a little bit where he's like well it was the coach's decision i I can't get into some of the things that were said um i'll just leave it all behind me and you know i don't really get it i'm confused too so i don't know if he's trying to play some of the media game as well out there um not that I, i think he would do that but again it's just so confusing um 
I, I'm surprised he's playing this week, to be honest, because now I don't, I don't theoretically playing. Been... We don't know that yet. He <laughs> says that he's playing, but we don't know. That. I just, I don't know. He's like, we're going to kick their ass this week. Like that's his quote or something similar. This is to great. That. <laughs> I hope so, man. Um, it's kind of a bummer. It's like, all right, you get to go back out there. Who are you facing? Devonta Adams. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Puzzling situation to say the least. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I think last week I said, you know, I'd love to make some sort of statement about JC being benched, but I bet you something different is going to happen next week where like Zont is benched for whatever reason. And while I don't think that's going to happen, now JC is playing. So is he going to be active because Dean is hurt? It, would he be active anyway? I don't know, man. It's just for, a confusing yeah. thing. I forgot that Dean was also injured as of today, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so to, to clarify, uh, JC Jackson in the interview uh, session today that happened, I don't know if it was an impromptu decision or what, um, he was asked if he was 100%, and he said no. And then one of the reporters like followed up with, like, so you think you're not 100%? And he was like, no, 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 I know I'm not 100%. Like, apparently he was pretty adamant about it. Um, so there's some issues, which again is not super surprising. Like dealing with this kind of injury, you deal with a setback. I'm not that surprised that a few weeks into the season, he's having some issues with it. It just throwing him out there against the dolphins and then benching him feels like the mistake here that I keep coming back to where it's like, I understand, you know, there's, there's a lot of things like going out there. Like first and foremost, the medical staff cleared him. Like he would not be practicing uh, in training camp on the first day if the medical staff had not cleared him and then at that point you have to listen to the player like this, this the thing about these injuries is that it's so tough because if a player is like hey i'm ready i'm ready like he's so eager to get out there and he's cleared you kind of just have to put him out there and, and wait and see what happens so it's just it's a bizarre situation. It's really frustrating. You know, this is all one big process of him getting back up to speed. I hope that that happens at some point. Um, again, I think people like questioning his maturity and his work ethic is is ridiculous to me. Like that's the one thing that I we know is that he is doing. He's working his ass off to get out there and play for this team. The question is really like confidence wise, where is he at? Like how much can he really trust his knee to keep up with things? And he even admitted that today. He's like, I, I don't feel like I am as fast as I was. I don't feel like I am explosive as explosive as I was, but he feels like he's getting better. And so I just think that we should have been patient all along. And I wish that we could have seen the team be a little bit more patient with him. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's so tough, like you said. Then there's a setback, right? So he tries to get cleared. He gets cleared. He goes to practice. Everything seems to be okay. They had a good flow with for him, just like, okay, individual period, seven-on-seven period, then team drill periods. It felt like everything was going well there. And like you said, there was a setback, and they were like, "Uh, okay, you're starting. And I don't know. We didn't plan for this. I don't know, man. I'm lost, but we'll find out this week, I guess, and then have – more to talk about in the whole saga that's been J.C. Jackson and the Chargers. Yeah, and apparent. I don't know. Like, are we doing the corner rotation again? Like, what is what is that? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, do do? I, I guess almost I would I would get it because it's not like Michael Davis has been lights out. But then, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Really frustrating. And it would be great to have some safety depth to be able to like shade some coverage that way. But don't have that this week either. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, respectfully, it's going to be like Raheem Lane on one side and then, I don't know, JC as the corner and they're just throwing it. Yeah. Um, I was on that Raiders podcast earlier and they said that most teams have been playing like eight-man boxes against the Raiders this year. That's been like the reason why they haven't been doing super hot in the run game. Hmm. So it's kind of Not pick your poison, Chargers. right? Because if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you pick your poison, you put A in the box, then you got to deal with Devontae getting over the top of you. And mm-hmm. that's what has been happening. So, <sighs> man, I hate talking about injuries for this long. Hey, it, it. What are you doing? Spinning my. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't see it. I'm spinning my other earphone. Oh, looks kind of weird if I don't. You can't see it. Anyway, <laughs> um, yes. We can move on if you'd like. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about the injuries on uh, Saturday, and we'll see 
what the official diagnoses are, but it's it's a frustrating injury topic right now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Tyler, let's uh, talk about prize picks and Little Caesars before we jump into this preview. Let's do it. Let's talk about prize picks first. So prize picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. Price Picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I have loved using Price Picks so far. It is a lot of fun. This week, I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. No, I have no respect for the Raiders secondary. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. And if you don't think it works, Guess what? Ask my mom who won money last week. <laughs> I finally went uh, three for three tonight. Uh, I finally went three for three. So that was fun. Uh, you know, won some nice money today. So price fix is great. Go use them. Uh, all right. Our other sponsor of the year is Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers. We encourage you to make Little Caesars a part of your game day experience. You can order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, grab a TV, and enjoy a few slices before the tastiest hour before NFL kickoff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tyler. Uh, let's get into this uh, Raiders preview. We'll speed through this a little bit uh, more today since we talked about the injuries for so long. And then we'll dive into some of our other segments here. So. Cool. Uh, love the slideshow as always uh if for our audio audience this one features a basically pseudo prison scene with some handcuffs and a lock so obviously playing to the uh audience this week with raiders week yeah love you dad thank you for the 50 dollars super chat now let's make fun of the raiders okay uh, <laughs> here we go <laughs> objectively make fun of them yeah objectively so coaching staff uh Tyler has the defensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt, a uh, picture that the Raiders social media posted from a few years back, which still is uh, a hilarious graphic. But obviously it's uh, some bad vibes in Las Vegas with uh, Josh McDaniels right now. I think his head, I think his winning percentage as a head coach is like below 25% now um, from this and his days with the Broncos. So that's fun. Um, Mick Lombardi uh, is their offensive coordinator. Patrick Graham is their defensive coordinator. Tom McMahon, who I think the Chargers interviewed at one point, is their special teams coordinator. Uh, so, Tyler, what's kind of your impression of the Josh McDaniels Raiders right now? Uh, they stink, is my impression. <laughs> and unfortunately, even my dad doesn't think they're any good, and he's a Raiders fan. So he had no faith in them. Uh, I had, We had no faith in them. Although, we thought they had a pretty good draft class when they drafted the players that they did. Like, pretty solid didn't seem to be any obvious like Cleveland Farrell. What are you doing taking that player picks? Um, we'll talk about that draft class in just a bit. 
Uh, McDaniels, though, him, whatever it's the way he coaches, the ego, the shipping out of car, all that sort of stuff, it has not been working. We'll see how they do this year, but so far it just seems like a kind of a blank year. You know, what's going on with Chandler Jones? Is Adams going to be traded? Et cetera, et cetera. The, the one coaching staff member I'm kind of bummed about, I guess, is Patrick Graham, someone yeah. who we were kind of considering for defensive coordinator at one point. And it just not has it just has not worked out. Now, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with outside of Max Crosby. I mean, they gave him Jerry Tillery, and that's their best defensive tackle. And we've seen how that goes. Not great. But still, they were not great last year, and I believe they're even worse this year. So they do have some they have some good development of a couple of players on their defense, but overall it's been pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I think just the roster management, just like the way that this regime has operated it's very much like my way or the highway and like i understand like people were trying to you know hype up like jimmy g because he played under josh mcdaniels um but this is a really strange fit for me because jimmy g was so much better with the 49ers than he was with the patriots in, in limited fashion for sure because he was able to throw it over the middle so often it's quick, decisive play action, and, and it, it just made a lot of sense for his skill set. And now, like Josh McDaniels is kind of forcing him to throw deep outside the numbers, and you're not really throwing over the middle a whole lot. They're not using Hunter Renfro. They're not using Michael Mayer. It's a lot of like outside passing game. So it just feels like Josh McDaniels is just trying to, again, do like the I'm a Bill Belichick disciple, so everybody bow down to me kind of thing. And right now it's not really working. And there's Raiders fans are so upset with Josh McDaniels. <laughs> and I think rightfully so. Like you run out a guy like Derek Carr, you run out Darren Waller, you're losing a lot. Like you're doing the the field goal shenanigan from Sunday night. It's it's a bad vibe right now for the Raiders. And I think Josh McDaniels is, is deservedly under a lot of fire right now. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's rough. Like, we'll, we'll talk about some other players, but just going through the numbers of what they have. I mean, Hunter Renfro is making $13 million this year, and he has, like, three catches for 40 yards. DeAndre Carter and, has more catches than him, I think. I think that's what <laughs> I saw. It's, it's either – or he maybe has two, I think, or whatever it is. But it's yeah. not what you want when you pay someone $13 million, right? Um, I don't yeah. know what Christian Kirk is making, but I'm pretty sure he got more than that last year. I mean, he, he made more, but – Certainly wasn't three catches for 40 yards through three weeks. Uh, Michael Mayer, one catch, two targets, two yards. You know, Austin Hooper's our leading tight end, three catches, 40 yards. Like it is, it is pretty grim. And I, I get that Devontae Adams is like, you you funnel through Devontae Adams. I totally get that. But the Chargers have funneled through Keenan Allen pretty obviously. And they still yeah. supported Mike Williams to over 200 yards. And a touchdown or two touchdowns or whatever it was. So it's not, and you know, the tight ends are obviously over 40 yards. You know, Donald Parham doesn't get a ton of yards, but he already has more, you know, he's got touchdown catches more than Michael Mayer has even catches at all. So it's very, very puzzling what's going on with the rest of this team. Uh, I say all of this understanding that they're about to play the Chargers and that numbers can skew significantly yeah. in one game where you're missing a couple of safeties. For sure. For sure. Um, I am just curious to see like how this defense evolves. You know, there's a really sad Chandler Jones situation going on right now. Um, the Raiders guys I talked to this week are, are pretty high on Malcolm Kuntz as like their second edge rusher, but like they drafted Tyree Wilson in the top 10. Like, so, <laughs> you know, like it's, there are just some, <laughs> some puzzling things going around there in Las Vegas and, you know, we like their draft class this year, but we liked their draft class last year. And then they got rid of everybody. They traded, yeah. they traded Neil Farrell. Uh, the other guy, I think the other defensive tackle they draft is not on the team. They don't use Amir White. So it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's weird. It, it's very like uh, Matt Patricia vibes in Detroit kind of thing going Ooh. on in, in Las Vegas right now. Yeah. Another, well, maybe then Josh McDaniels will go to the Patriots and he'll call defense then. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> for sure like you said i do like patrick gam I, I hope he ends up in a better situation mm -hmm. all right so we've mentioned some of these names already um lots of key losses for the raiders Derek carr foster moreau rocky sin denzel perryman darren waller mac hollins <laughs> tyler's dad's enthusiasm for watching <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. That's amazing. Um, key additions, not super notable. Jimmy G, Jacoby Myers, Marcus Epps, Robert Spillane. You know, there is Jacoby Myers, I feel like has been kind of what they expected of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like you mentioned, the Hunter Renfro thing, they're not using their tight ends. So it's the personnel stuff is is strange. Yeah, I, I forgot about Darren Waller as a was he a traded? He was traded, season? yeah. He was like a third round pick to the Giants kind of and situation. you know, I and I knew there was a trade too, and I don't know why I couldn't pull it. For some reason I thought Waller was maybe a last year thing. Um yeah, strange to say the least. I honestly I thought Rocky Asim was still on the team. I'll be completely honest until I did this. So now I, I genuinely could not name you. Well, okay, Marcus Peters, but I I I don't know what their DB room even looks like at this point. Uh, Moreau being gone, following Carr. Moreau got a big contract, I didn't realize. Perryman gone, Hollins, like, I don't know, man. They just continue to strip away some of the better players on this team who are solid contributors, and I get it. You know, like Brandon Staley, you have a new coach, new regime, your guys, your scheme, whatever. But just seeing guys that contributed or were really strong, you know, contributors, I don't know. This this team is just so bare bones. You know, they have their two really great players. And I just don't know if they've done enough to really get anything else. It's a strange situation. They don't have a quarterback. Um, I don't know what their cap situation looks like. But if you don't draft well either, and you don't have the right coach, like this is kind of what you're getting. It, it's, it's really a bleak outlook, unfortunately, under the current regime. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I don't know, like last off season, everybody's like this, this division is amazing. Like Russell Wilson, Devonta Adams, like Khalil Mack, like everybody coming over and the Raiders kind of stink and the Broncos kind of stink. So it's, it's, it's funny looking back at two off seasons ago and, and looking at the uh, different kind of narratives that came out. Um, yeah. Real quickly, since uh, Lexis Mexicano brought it up today, um, it sounds like Jimmy G has a chance to play, but not a super high one. Um, the expectation, from my understanding, is that Brian Hoyer is going to be playing in this game, not Aiden O'Connell, um, which I think is a mistake. But uh, you know, I, I, hopefully, you, you play Brian Hoyer if if you're a Chargers fan, you're ready to see Brian Hoyer <laughs> out there. Um, yeah. At the same time, like people keep talking about Brian Hoyer's record in his last like 15 games. And I'm like, we don't need to, we don't need to bring that up this week. You don't need to bring up that he hasn't won a game in like six years or whatever as a starter. (laughs) Like we don't need to talk about it. Um, So we'll see. I mean, Brian Hoyer is not going to make any mistakes like Jimmy G is. It's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic if Brian Hoyer plays instead of uh, Adrian O'Connell. Yeah. I wonder if McDaniels would just go with the more familiar or, I mean, honestly, I'm curious what their goal is for this season, given yeah. where it kind of is going. Like, do you play uh, one Brian Hoyer and, you know, gets touchdown, get you, maybe you get 13, 17 points or whatever, and you lose and you just continue your route to a quarterback next season? I don't know. I think it'll be Hoyer. I would play O'Connell. Oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Like 100%. I'm, 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 everyone wants O'Connell to play. Boom or bust. You want him to play. I, But McDaniels is going to do his thing, and so it'll probably be Hoyer. Yeah. All right, let's get to this draft class really quickly. We mentioned Tyree Wilson and Michael Mayer. Um, Byron Young starts for them. It's been kind of a mixed bag for him. Trey Tucker is kind of buried on the death chart, mm-hmm. and I don't even think he's returning for them. I think it's DeAndre Carter. Mm-hmm. Does he does DeAndre return kicks too? Yeah, kicks and punts. Okay, so they drafted a return specialist, and he's not even returning for them. So that's where they're at. <laughs> I know Jacorian Bennett has been out there. I don't know if he's like a key starter for them. And mm-hmm. we just talked about Aiden O'Connell, um, Chris Smith, and then Amari Barney. And what does that say? I can't read that. Nesta Jade Selva, Silvera. Sure. Yeah, that works. One of those. I don't know. How many of these guys are actually like playing meaningful snaps for them? It, like basically, it's only Michael Mayer, right? Um, Jagorian Bennett, I think, has played quite a bit um, in terms of rookie snaps for 
safeties. I, I want to say he's played like the third most. Am I completely pulling that from somewhere? I wrote this somewhere. Um, I, I know Raiders fans seem to be a bit more excited about him because he's at least contributing. Okay. But I, I definitely, definitely thought that we would see more of Tyree Wilson. You know, not that I thought he was like that. That's pretty brutal. And yeah, anything one, one pressure. pressure is not too far from edge two uh, for the Raiders this year. So that's a whole thing. I don't know if that's a big like Alex Leatherwood swing and a miss sort of thing where every other player is going to be okay. You could find an edge rusher and be happy about it. Like you could find a tackle and be happy about it, except for Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> so we'll see. But you, you would expect someone a little bit older. Like he, it's not that he was, you know, had all the pass rush moves. It wasn't like Anderson. It wasn't like Hutchinson by any means. But like, I definitely didn't think one pressure, you know, no. I would have graded Wilson higher than someone like Thule based on what they did in college. Um, and it, it, completely different trajectories of where their careers are going right now. I one pressure is is shocking. Like he's so just like built. Like it, it's tough for me to sure. look at that and just be like, yeah, like he's been really bad. But you know, I, I saw an interview where he said he feels like the game is like slowing down and he was injured and like he's starting to feel like himself again. So we'll see. But like it, it's not gonna happen this week. You're going up against Rashawn Slater. Like you're you're getting shut out again. So you know, hopefully <laughs> you can figure that out again next week. I guess. Yeah, uh, Rashawn Slater is going to send him back to college. It's the biggest mismatch of any individual <laughs> matchup this week. I think Rashawn versus whoever the issue sure. is. Oh, yeah. No, well, 0% pass rush win rate versus Rashawn, who wins <laughs> basically 99% of them. Yeah. Um, not that Rashawn is you know, going to win every rep, but uh, yeah, not going to be great. I... I love that. So I think PFF credited him with two pressures allowed this this past game against the Vikings. I think they were both on the first drive, and then it was okay. like nothing from then on out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but like yeah. he was like, "Oh, I'll give you guys a couple, and then I'm just going to pitch a shutout the rest of the day." Yeah, you got to make him feel like they can, you know, do something. And again, yeah. like he's just he's so smart. I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Here's the two pressures. Okay, that's what you did. Fine. Good night. Yeah. I did also want to bring this up. Uh, Brandon Staley said this week, kind of like without being prompted, that they did a lot of draft work on Aiden O'Connell, which isn't a surprise. They drafted a quarterback, and they probably did a lot of homework on a lot of these guys. Um, so if there's a reason for you to feel like if Aiden O'Connell plays, that you can like be confident in your game plan, it's like at least you're like familiar with him. You know what he can do from a draft evaluation standpoint. You've seen preseason tape on him, so. It's not like this is a game where he's just like never played and he's going to come out and maybe strike lightning in a bottle for a little bit. I see you're shaking your head. What are you shaking your <laughs> no, head? Like he's not going to do that. Um, <laughs> did Staley say that this week or is that something you said like pre-draft? This week. This week. He was asked specifically but, about like how are you preparing for like Jimmy G potentially being out and he he brought up that they scouted Aaron O'Connell pretty heavily. <laughs> oh man i'm such a oh goodness gracious um yeah that quote's gonna come up at some point if aiden o'connell plays and i don't think it'll be positive so we'll see I, yeah. the corpse of ryan Tannehill did pretty good so um i don't know f it and check it to Devonte adams might work this week honestly and so he could have a pretty decent game yeah uh, I do have to give a quick shout out to uh, Tara Romero. Appreciate all your guys' hard work. You guys are my top three favorite Chargers podcasters. Thank you. Appreciate that. Made she will be at the game. Hope to see you guys there. Go Chargers. I will not be there, but Tyler will be there. Um, so go say hello to Tyler and his parents if you see him there. And uh, go say what up to Tara as well. Appreciate the uh, super chat. Appreciate the support. Tara's great. Last year, Brooke and I went to uh, the Utah Oregon game and Tara was like super helpful, like giving us spots to go to and like, you know, parking and stuff like that. So I uh, really do appreciate her. Yeah. Tara's awesome. Been commenting, communicating, all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. I appreciate the support. Seriously. Um, I'm sitting in 231 row seven, I think. So if you're around there, say hi. If not, throw something at me from 400s or 500s or whatever. <laughs> Don't throw anything. That'd be bad. We don't want you to get kicked out of your seats. 
Um, all right, Tyler, let's uh let's do our key matchups and X Factors, and then we'll get out of here tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start with my X Factor here. Um, I am gonna go, I think, with the obvious one. I think it's gonna be Quentin Johnston. Um, I didn't want to, I don't want to steal anything. I feel like I've been stealing your thoughts on some of these. Uh, well, you just stole mine, but thank you. Um, <laughs> you did again, but thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, you go ahead then you, 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 you say your prep work for, uh, Quentin and then I'll do a different one. Honestly, there wasn't much to it because, and it's really, I guess, I guess Josh Palmer as well is partially looped into this, but it's really just the replacement of Mike Williams. How do you facilitate getting targets to whoever these, whoever the next guy up is? You know, Josh Palmer is going to be the wide receiver too, but does that mean he is the second guy in targets this week, or is it Quentin Johnston? There's something about, strangely, the way that they've been using Mike Williams is the way I sort of have envisioned a bit of of Quentin Johnston, and they've sort of said as much like he's and he says as much like I'm the X receiver, I'm developing into the next receiver. So you have these handoffs, you have these screens, you have everything on the boundary, all that sort of stuff that I feel like Quentin Johnston could do. So. It's a it's a potential big game. And look, man, the only reason it won't be a big game is because I have him on my fantasy football team. But I think this week my team can put it together and the good juju will prevail. I'm very curious to see what they do with him because I don't know, it's tough to say because Josh Palmer, like okay, I was wonder I was wondering how do you manufacture the the deep ball? How do you manufacture the chunk plays? Where I mean Josh Palmer had two of them last week. One incredible throw from Justin Herbert and one terrible one that was still a touchdown. So how do you manufacture that? You know, the explosive plays that Mike Williams had. Is that Josh Palmer or is that Quentin Johnson? I don't know. I'm just so curious how they're going to use him because now they have to. They didn't really want to before. Now they have to. So what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, Daniel Popper pointed this out on a few podcasts this week that like when you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out there, you have to honor both of them equally. Like you can't actively double team one or the either because then the other guy is just going to feast. Like there are times where Mike Williams is running a deep post or a deep over and Keenan Allen is coming open on a dagger route, on a shallow crosser, on an out route, like anything like that because of the attention that Mike Williams takes away from him. So this is super important because I think Quentin Johnston is going to be that guy who does all the deep route stuff. I don't think that's Joshua Palmer's game, so to speak. I think he can do certain aspects of it. But when it comes to like truly like taking attention away from Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer, like I, I think that's Quentin Johnson's role. Um, I was listening to the underdog fantasy guys, uh, Josh Norris and Hayden Winks. And Hayden Winks basically said like his his vision for what Quentin Johnson could be with this specific trio now that Mike Williams is out is essentially like Jalen Guyton plus. Like it's a lot of posts, it's a lot of goes, it's a lot of corners just like really taking advantage of his speed, which has really popped on tape in my opinion. But Justin's got to throw some of those. Like we have to see him get some targets. We have to see him get some catches. Otherwise, teams are going to just start doubling Keenan Allen. And I think that's kind of like Mm -hmm. your worst case scenario here is that teams can start taking Keenan away, which is what happened in the second half of the Jacksonville game Mm -hmm. um, on offense when they just were daring Justin Herbert to throw the ball to Michael Vandy and DeAndre Carter. So it's like you need Quentin Johnson to play well and you need him to do so vertically to take some attention away from Keenan Allen and make teams respect him more so than they have showed already on tape. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by, I guess it hasn't been a ton of time and it's not like he's out there for 45 reps. You can build a rhythm, but it feels like with Jalen Guyton or even Tyron Johnson, Herbert's rookie year, maybe by default, he just had to trust those guys and he threw it like his connection with Guyton was pretty instant. So yeah. I'm a little surprised someone like Johnston. I know he's not as fast, but he's oh, sorry at that point in their careers, a much, much better player than sure. Jalen Guyton at that point in his career. I'm a little surprised it's taken this long for him to, to throw it that way at the same time. I guess a game plan like the Minnesota Vikings had doesn't really afford you the opportunity to take a ton of those shots. So sure. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the, the Raiders pull out. I, I feel like this is the week. I, I feel like this is the week you almost got to just try stuff with Quentin Johnson, see what sticks because you have a bye week. Like this to me feels like a game you can not only get away with it because you're playing a subpar kind of team, but also you have a bye coming up. So give it a whirl. Give it a shot. See what you got. Yeah. 
Definitely. I, I think that's that's probably what you need to do. And, and at least like put it out there that you're going to throw to him deep. Like, because if he's just going to run deep, you're not throwing him the football. It's not really going to do anything for you. <laughs> um, so getting to my X factor, then I'm, I'm going to talk about Gerald Everett. I'm going to assume that he does play in this game. Um, but I, I think that he is kind of a, an underrated step up potential guy, if you will, because there is some of what Mike Williams does over the middle of the field that is not really going to be Quentin Johnson's game right now. There's, you know, it's some of that will go to Josh Palmer too, but you're not going to replace Mike Williams with one guy. Like that's basically our whole point here is that Josh is going to have some of it. Quentin's going to have some of it. And I think Gerald Everett is going to have some of it as well. Like we saw some games last year where he was doing some of the mesh concepts. He was doing some of the slants and working him more over the middle of the field. I think makes sense given his skill set of how hard of a tackle he is. So I think that he's been underutilized a little bit and, and understandably so with the way that Keenan and Mike have been playing, but like, you're not going to throw all of this at Palmer and Quentin. And I think there is a space here for Gerald Everett to go from earning four or five targets to seven or eight targets. And maybe that turns into like an 80 yard game and a touchdown kind of performance, which you've seen from him before. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Gerald ever can have a big game, I think that is something that can be very useful to, for, for them too. And we've seen him, you know, take some handoffs from time to time. You know, the game is kind of struggling right now. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a way for them to get some attention away from the interior is, is doing some jet, jet sweep things to Gerald Everett. So I think Everett is a good X factor spot for this week. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic call there. I really hope he plays, uh, just looking at the numbers, 6.5 yards after the catch per reception, which yeah. is 6th out of 44 and ahead of George Kittle um, and those other guys, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, etc. Um, I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't get him the football. I feel like at moments last year, I almost got it because the hands weren't always perfect and there were some miscommunications or whatever. But settling into year two, I know it's a different system, but settling into more chemistry with Herbert, um, I, I feel like this is a player you could lean on quite a bit. Frankly, I, I don't see why not. Like every time he's received the football at this point, it is like it like it's the number say six and a half yards more per reception than you know he got at the time of the reception. So I see no reason to not lean into him and do something more with him. Um, especially if you don't quite trust Quentin to do all that just yet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do think Simi Foco kind of works his way. And I'm not expecting Simi Foco to do much this week. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see how that one works out. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Uh, what's your key matchup of the day since I still hear X Factor? <laughs> You're good. I, I'm looking at not a specific player, but I'm looking at the Raiders left side of their offensive line. I wrote it somewhere here. I don't have the exact numbers, but basically um, running to the left of the center or the left guard is the only way they've been successful all year at four and a half and five point something yards per carry. Um, everything else is below four yards. They've only been successful running to that specific side. So how do the Chargers attack that specific side? How do they hold up? I think Sebastian Joseph Day on rewatch was much more of a hero of that game than I gave him credit for. I think he looked really solid in moments. I think he was both Great against the run, great against the pass. Um, he was hurt for a bit there. I was worried. Came back in, had some big plays. So how they specifically work that side of the line feels like um, a key matchup for me. There's some, you know, definitely some obvious matchups with their two best players, one being Devontae, one being Max Crosby. But I feel like that one in particular um, could help things just a bit, just to slow Josh Jacobs. Because again, again, I thought last week the Raiders, I know it was only three and a half yards per carry or whatever it was. But that was better than 1.3 in like two, the previous two weeks. I think they're starting to maybe figure it out. And in a game where you might have to run it more, and I I would get why they would run it more, especially after watching the Viking success last week, I would keep an eye on that matchup. Yeah, I think their offensive line is, is vastly outperforming any kind of expectations anyone outside of Las Vegas had for them. Um, they're tied with the Chargers and fifth for fifth in, in uh, pass blocking efficiency rate. They're fifth in pass block win rate on ESPN. So they're they're protecting the quarterback at a really high level, which again would be a surprise. The offensive line and their um, run blocking win rate on ESPN, I think, is is bottom third of the league. So that's been kind of a struggle for them. Um, so this definitely feels like a Sebastian Joseph Day 
game where he needs to truly make an impact. Austin Johnson, Nick Williams, that's kind of like your run defense trio, right, for them. Um, this is an important Morgan Fox game as well. You know, one of the things that he talked to you about in the offseason was being able to rush better against the center. And we've been told by the other Raiders podcasters this week that Andre James one-on-one is not really a situation they feel comfortable with. So Morgan Fox against the center, I think mm. from a pass rushing perspective is an, is a very important matchup this, this game too. Yeah. It's a surprise seeing honestly of all the units for the Raiders. And I guess if you don't draft some positions of guess it'll, you'll fall off, but it was a surprise to see all five of their offensive linemen that have been starting above a 97 in PBE, just because it always felt like in the last few years, there's been one or two weak links. They've been okay so far, which is honestly more than I give them credit for than I would have given them credit for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Devonte as like, I think it's kind of the obvious one, but how do the chargers go about defending Devonte Adams is, is kind of going to be the key thing for that defense, the explosive plays that you all all know about. I am curious about this because they didn't trust Michael Davis to go up against Devonte Adams last year. It was Asante mm. Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. who was basically matched up with him the whole game. And, you know, Asante took some lumps, but he also gave it right back to Devonte on some times and had one of the craziest interceptions I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so how, like, what's the plan this week? We've seen the Chargers go from man heavy to zone heavy to kind of a mix of both against the Vikings. Um, they did, they did try and double and shade coverage towards Justin Jefferson quite a bit. <laughs> Unfortunately, did not work. Um, but the things that Justin Jefferson does really well at, I don't know if that's Devontae's game at this point. Like Devontae is so much more precision over the middle, timing, whereas Justin Jefferson just ran by Michael Davis a couple times. Mm-hmm. So the plan versus Devontae, I think, has to really be crisp here. I know other teams have focused on like stopping the run, but this is 100% a game where you need to have like all your attention on Devonte Adams because the Raiders haven't shown any kind of trust in their other options. So double team him shade coverage his way. I think you have to mix up his looks. Like, I don't think this is a game where you can just throw Asante out in the whole game. Like I think, I do think that Michael Davis should see some for him and be physical with him, press him. Asante can play some zone, double team him. So especially if you have <laughs> the safety injuries, like, you got to find a way to stop Devontae Adams from going off for 220 and three touchdowns or whatever he did in the first game last year. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Or was too. Is that the second game? I don't, it was a demolition both games. I know Asante gave up like 200-something in both games combined. Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely not not pretty. We'll, we'll see because I feel like with Derek Carr, they had this opportunity where even for better or worse that he would push the ball down the field um, does not really seem to be the case right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not really what Josh McDaniels wants. They want that kind of, hey, we're going to get 10 yards, 15 yards sort of thing. Um, this is if Jimmy G plays. Jimmy G's second lowest big-time throw rate of his career. So I don't really know how much they're going to be trying to push it like like Jefferson who could just, oh, cool, here's an 80-yard touchdown. Here's a 52-yard touchdown. That could sort of yeah. still be Adams, but I think it's less so his game, like you mentioned, can still go ahead and get, you know, 20 yards, 30 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards. Still fantastic. Still one of the best in the game. Yeah. Um, the offense just isn't really suited for those these big, explosive 50, 40 yarders. Um, so, yeah, how, how they defend him, it will be interesting because there's no respect to Myers. You know, there's no Addison, I think. And, and so far, based on usage, there's no even Osborne on this team, even though there should be Hunter Renfro. There's no Hawkinson on this team for sure. So, it, it really does feel like. You know, look, if Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro have to beat you up to win, fine, so be it. Just don't let it be Devontae Adams. It feels very specifically just him, whereas against the the Dolphins, obviously, or the Vikings, you had to look from other guys. Yeah. To your point, um, the average depth of target for Devontae Adams has come down a full yard from last mm. season. Um, mm. Some of that is just like that trust level between Derek Carr and, and Devontae, like you mentioned. Um, last year, his average depth of target was actually is the highest number of his career at 12.8. This year, it's at 11.6. So it, it's still a, a good number, right? But it's not 12.8. Um, the yards after catch per reception for Devontae has also come down. 
last mm. year and for his career, he's basically around five yards after the catch per reception. This year, he's only at 2.3. So something to monitor there. I don't know if that's how teams are playing him or if he's slowing down, which it doesn't look like it, like everything else. But um, that's an interesting one that he's kind of struggling to generate yards after the catch per reception right now. Interesting. Yeah, look, uh, it'll be a good game. Whatever Adam's line is at, it's probably the over. Just don't let it be the explosion takeover game, Yeah, which he's done. This hope the Chargers at some point theoretically should be able to stop giving up explosive passes of over 40 yards. So hopefully this is one of those. One of us is frozen. Oh, did, was I frozen? Did you hear me? No, but you said hopefully they can stop giving up explosive 40 yarders or something. Yes, hopefully. Cool. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Tyler, any uh, other final thoughts before we head out? Nope. I will save all my predictions for Saturday. I hopefully the Chargers are more healthy by then. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, all right. Appreciate all of you guys in the chat. That was a lot of fun tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed our uh, week four preview of Family Trust Respect Week. Uh, we'll be back live on Saturday morning for our uh, pre... Hello. Our coverage wrap-up, I guess. Um, should be a lot of fun and then we'll be live on Sunday probably after Sunday Night Football since Tyler will be at the game and so we'll uh, see how that one goes all right uh, appreciate all you guys tuning in as always make sure to like subscribe all that good stuff we genuinely appreciate all of your support and hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend we'll see you on Saturday as always bolt up